Hello, 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 and welcome to Bitches with Beards. And on tonight's episode, I asked a question. Do you think Ronnie Spector regrets not doing a Taylor edition? <laughs> I don't know about that, but you can put a sable underneath my tree. We're the podcast that attempts to break down culture with all the elegance of two coastal grandmas. But in truth, we're just a couple of bitches with beards. I'm Max. And I'm Daniel. And we both have opinions. So let's get this party started. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, clink, cheers. So, before we begin, I've got a question to ask. Oh, oh, ask me the question. How festive is Bitches of Beards HQ looking right now? I feel like I'm in the middle of the North Pole. Yes. And in a good way. Like, it has lights everywhere, trees everywhere, and I do mean trees. Trees. Oh, Plural. that's wonderful. The husband Plural. really has gone out of his way. There's an advent village. Like, it's gorgeous. We have lights up the stairs so Bug can find his way at night. <laughs> lights everywhere. It's all on one strand, apparently. Lights outside, like, too. There's, like, a curtain. It's, like, privacy. It's pretty. Yes. I don't know if not, whether or not it offers any... You know, form of privacy, or will just draw people to the fact you're banging on the balcony. I think it will draw the attention in, really. Like, it's, you know... It's inwards. Like a vagina, not like a penis. Yes, yes. It's not very outward projecting, no. <laughs> Lures you into that cave of wonders, really. <laughs> that is your balcony. <laughs> the clamshell. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the mermaid's purse. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Do you have any chains? Yes, let me check my glands. <laughs> it's a pearl necklace. A black one. <laughs> Ugh, floating away. Oh. Uh. We're going to quickly have our little section we like to call Messy Bitches. Mm, yes. So, at this point, we're going to clean up a little bit of last week's episode. And talking of cleaning, we need to do a little bit of laundry. So we asked our followers last week on Spotify and Twitter X, where we are, Bearded Bitch Pod, um, what pop culture got the attention the most? Britney's The Woman In Me or Tay-Tay's 1989 Taylor edition? Correct. So 44% were T-Swizz fans all the way, while 11% were Team Brit. Um, that left another 44% if you are counting. I know you are because you're very clever fans. Um, that basically were more focused on everything else happening in the world that wasn't Taylor Swift. Because there's enough of that. <laughs> so anyways, do keep listening to find out what we're going to discuss this week. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe us on this episode. You need on another drink, mate. Your choice. Yes, I do need another drink. While you're taking a drink, I also have a bit of a correction from a couple weeks back. Oh, last dear. week. Oh, dear. So um, Dustin of the Rewatch Recap podcast and Dustin Can Read and Watch podcast pointed out a couple of things about... Broken Hearts Club. Oh, okay. Which I forgot, and he pointed out, was a Balenci production. And Greg Balenci is the guy that's behind, like, Arrow, Flash, Smallville, uh, not Smallville, um, oh, that, like, oh, yeah, and yeah. Riverdale and all that. So, very big TV producer now. Mm-hmm. He did say in it there was kissing. Uh, Timothy Oliphant makes out with, a, with the J. Crew guy in a nightclub scene. How did I forget Timothy Oliphant making out with someone? I know, who Dustin said the same thing as well. <laughs> um, and also, Dean Kane is seen blowing a guy in his trailer, though I do remember that not be- being very implied rather yeah. than visual. It was less implicit. I remember I watched this film really hoping to see Dean Kane bang someone because he was Dean Kane. This was right. Dean Kane back in the 90s, not Dean Kane. 
now the Republican. Because it was post-Superman, right? Definitely post-Superman. Yeah, I, was, I think that was part of the reason why I watched it. I was like, oh. Yeah, I think oh. everyone... Everyone uh, who was gay that turned in was like, oh. We just need to see Dean Kane. But no, yeah. that was essentially our little corrections from last week. Well, thank you very much, Dustin, for those corrections. Yes. Do you have anything, or can we move on with this week's episode? I have nothing to be corrected about this week, and I don't have a messy house like I did last week, so there. <laughs> I guess then before we move on to the show and start breaking down the culture, how have our weeks been? So Max, what did you get up to because you don't have kids? <laughs> Not a subway. No, um... <laughs> oh God. Still with that joke. <laughs> well, we just had, because we, we haven't recorded since Thanksgiving. We had Since before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, yes. Yeah. So we had Thanksgiving. I'm kind of sad Thanksgiving's over. I had a really nice day. It was a really nice Thanksgiving. Yes, it was It was done very well. We went, we, we cooked and cooked and went over to the Brits and hosted there. And there was, there was no drama, I don't think. The fact that both of our partners ended up on the couch, like, spooning each other at one point in semi-coma was hilarious. It was brilliant. <laughs> No, it's nice. I do. I like it because I like the parades and the mm-hmm. parade was pretty good this year. And Hoda and what's her face vamping, you know, just a whole way talking shit for three hours about balloons. I got a compliment on my dressing that was spot on, that it was housewife worthy, and I am running with that to the bank. <laughs> my turkey looked like another porn star turkey. Oh, it's so good. good. Yeah, no, we had it a really nice so time. And then, and, now, and then we had like a bit of a crazy weekend trying to get like. We're madly trying to get everything done for Christmas. And I feel like we're kind of going in circles and treading water a little bit. Well, I'm going to say this. I feel like I had a little bit of a mad weekend too last weekend, but I got everything done so that just for the rest of the month, I'm just being and experiencing things. Yeah. Like, I, that is my goal. I think pretty much we'll get the card done this weekend, and then mm-hmm. I've got to get presents sorted. So I've really just kind of got to sit down on Amazon, essentially, at one mm-hmm. point, um, and just order a few things yeah. and some stuff. And then we're kind of good to go. Well, the cards won't arrive now until... You know, we're, we're kind of fine with them, but they'll probably arrive hopefully next weekend. So I've got a bit of a week's grace to get some stuff sorted because it just got really... It just gets really manic and you try and get everything done. And, and everyone wants to do everything and you want to do everything with everyone too. Like, well, I feel like we went out a lot this week. We went out um, cinema on Tuesday, mm-hmm. which you obviously talk about because it's very mm-hmm. good. But no, we went, saw, um, went out Tuesday and then... I the hubs went out Wednesday and I stayed in to get some stuff done mm-hmm. on the card and then uh, on building his advent village and then last night we went out for happy hour and didn't get back until ten thirty somehow yeah. I don't know what I think we just sort of started wandering about and it was pretty good it actually it's yeah, a nice yeah. evening but no I feel and he's working one day and he's got some stuff so I think this weekend there's bits of cooking because somehow you know we I've ended up mm-hmm. with two bloody um, what's to say lucky dips. Potlucks. Potlucks yeah. on the weekend after Thanksgiving. And you're like, oh my God. Two? Two. Um, other Sarah. Oh, that yeah, one. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, I'm sitting one. here. I'm like. And I do love cooking. but I'm, I, si- I'm sitting here and I'm like, two? <laughs> I only remember one. <laughs> Thank but, God. I know. So, I do, you know, I do like some cooking. I've got some stuff I'm going to be experimenting with. But mm-hmm. it is going to be like another weekend of cooking and stuff. Yeah, I, I've got a very busy weekend coming up tomorrow morning. And that I am going to Old Town with the priest and Julie. And we're doing Scottish Parade. And then I get to get back for the potato party in the afternoon. Yes. What is the Scottish parade? What's the, what, what, what's it there to commemorate? Um, the Scottish heritage of Northern Virginia. Essentially, people in their kilts and their clans and their bagpipes march, and it's Christmas. 
And they have Scotty dogs. That's very cute. Yeah, it's yeah, something that I've done with Julie since she's moved up here. And um, I remember you going last year. I yeah. was texting about go get up so I can get some. Oh yeah, I have to be over there at like eight in the yeah, morning, and I'm like, I'll, no. I'll be up at eight to get bug out the door, yeah. and then I'll be back into because we are on another podcast this weekend, yes. so I've got to do a bit of a write up. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> so much for that one. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, cooking, and then cards. So yeah, it's just kind of all go for the whole weekend. And I do have one more little bit. Okay. Yes, I bought a sun lamp. Oh week. yes, you said now. Now go into this. Is the one. That, creates the illusion of sunlight so it creates the illusion of sunlight and you set it um 45 degrees to you and you don't stare at it directly you just let the light hit your eyes for 30 minutes a day i feel a lot better like my seasonal depression seems to be lifting like yeah. it's been nice i've of course i've only been doing it for like four days now but i can tell a difference so That's good listeners if you're suffering from sad i'm not a therapist i can't tell you to do this on medical advice but you might want to look into it like, I'm, yeah there is one isn't it that slowly comes on you set it mm. at a time and the idea is yeah. it's meant to create the illusion of the sun coming up yeah because you're supposed to do it consistently at the same time each day so i typically yeah. do it at like 4 30 whenever i'm back home yeah in the office but it seems to be working nice i feel better So, before we move on to the news, I think we need a drink. As we join our favorite Barefoot Contessa in Eden's Garden, Daniel, what libations are you serving us this week? So, this week, I'm actually doing two drinks in one. So, I have made what was known in the South growing up as Russian tea. So, it includes two parts tang, one part instant lemonade, two parts sugar, one part instant black tea, cloves, and... Uh, oh, one other spice, cinnamon. And all powdered form, isn't it? All powdered form. And then to that, we have added some lovely honey bourbon to make a nice hot toddy with some lemon juice in it. Cheers. Cheers. very tasty. It's the perfect thing for your throat this time of year. It tastes like the holidays, but this is actually, my throat feels so much better. Like... But with this whiplash. Russian tea isn't an alcohol, usually alcoholic. So Russian tea is not alcoholic, and it's also not Russian. Uh, I think it developed in the 1960s, and you could actually call it friendship tea. Maybe it's PC to call it Ukrainian tea at this point. I don't know, but I grew up calling it Russian tea, so we're going to call it Russian tea. It's very tasty. I've, I've never really had a hot toddy. I've made them when I worked mm-hmm. in the bar, and I hated making them. I mean, they're a little bit of a production, because you have to boil the water, and then you've got to make the tea, and then you've got to, you know, add Ugh. in the liquor. And, and they call them hotty toddies. I'm like, call it like an adult, you fucking child. Yes. Be an adult. Jared, keep your dates calm. <laughs> So that's enough talking about ourselves, what's going on in the gayborhood. We discuss the stories that are gay, gay adjacent, or just a little bit chaotic. I'm glad you waited for the alcohol for some of these. Oh dear. Do we begin with Santos? Oh, we have to. Late breaking news, listeners, happening today here in D.C., literally hours before we started recording. So yes, George Santos has finally been kicked out of Congress. Yes, yes he has. Uh, by an overwhelming bipartisan vote, I think, of 311 to, you know, 114. So this is what I saw earlier. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you a video. <laughs> <laughs> so, devoted listeners, because we are an audio medium, not <laughs> and not visual, 
Um, Mash just played a clip of the uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, you know, goodbye untucked, theme. Untucked. Untucked goodbye theme, essentially with George Santos getting into his vehicle and driving off Capitol Hill. He did, I will give him this, as he was leaving, everyone was asking questions, and mm-hmm. he went, I don't work for, I'm not a congressman anymore, I don't have to answer your questions. Which and I was just like, fair, fair, I get behind that. So we've been... George Santos has been so interesting for us because obviously, you know, we don't really want to, you know, bring down a gay politician, but he's Republican, so therefore not human. Um, but he's also just a repulsive human, human being. being. So, um, And we've been talking about it on and off for a while, and then it mm-hmm. sort of was... Uh, Will we won't they? And yeah. I kind of get a little bit sick at the moment about... And it happens a lot during the... Um, between 2016 and 2020, right. um, where there was a lot of talk about, were they going to do this? Oh, they're going to get him for this. Oh, they're going to get him for that. And he never did. And right. I think me and you were basically, we're not going to talk about bullshit. If you want us to talk about it, you've got to do it. Right. So it was quite, uh, so the fact is they finally kicked him out. I mean, there's a lot of, my concern is now they've done it for one, they can start going after people. They're... So so I'm going to say this. Before we start going down that road, everybody can go after other people. This is not the first time it's happened. This is number six in the history of Congress as a historian. It's still quite a low number, isn't it? It's a very low number, which I, means that it takes a lot to get over that threshold. And what he did was egregious. There, I yeah. said it. But no, it's been um, interesting to kind of watch. He... No one was talking to him. Apparently, he hasn't had no friends on the Hill whatsoever. I don't know that he has a single friend here in DC either. Or he never saw. I'm sure he's going to turn up a little gay pub and everyone's going to get snapping photos with him. Uh, it's probably where he's at right now. Yeah. Tonight, as we speak. I didn't say that. Didn't say that. But I know. Yeah. Apparently, he tried to get forty bills or something passed, and so no one would sign anything. And it was just he just he didn't know how to politic. He he just wasn't effective. But beyond that, he was an atrocious human being because of what he did. So, you know. I'm not sad to see him go. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. No, I wonder what's going to happen now though, because who they can, who steps in? Do they have to go to um, a emergency election. Yeah, they'll have to have a special election of some sort, and that will be bipartisan. Yeah, yeah, it's not like yeah. oh, they they step down, it's then done within party. No, his district will then have to vote on someone to come in. Do you think they'll go? Um, they'll cross the um, the aisle on it, or is it a very red district? I don't know. Yeah, I could not tell you. Who's to say? Yeah, should who, be interesting. Who, who is to say? <laughs> Do you have any, aside from that, what other news have you got, Daniel? Oh, we're skipping all of your news and going to my news? We'll go to yours. Okay, let's see, let's see what you have to say. All right, so... I saw Sarah. <laughs> well, okay, well, here's the thing. I'm talking about that second. I'm not going to talk oh. about that first. So my first bit of news is that um, Target is doing its deal on having inclusive Christmas products this year. They have a black Santa in a wheelchair. And they also have a Pride Christmas Nutcracker. Now, here's the caveat. This Nutcracker has been around for years. Like, I think, you know, the past four years or so. However, Fox News has latched onto the fact that there is a Pride Nutcracker at Target and is causing a huge ruckus, saying that this is the downfall of Christmas. And it's one of these... You should have been on the boat a few years ago on this story if you were going to go that route, but instead you just look like fools. And it's just a nutcracker in pride gear. Yes, it's a nutcracker with a white suit with essentially like the pride flag and like a flag, essentially. It's like an ally at pride gear. Yeah, essentially. And I'm like, 
really? This is what we're upset about is the Nutcracker with the pride flag. I want to get it. I, I, I think I want to just get a, a whole array of senses now, quite frankly. <laughs> right. <laughs> but they're upset that it's inclusive. And I'm like, shut the front door. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. That's the gay thing about Christmas and not the man that sneaks into your room and empties his sack. Yes. <laughs> all about phrasing but yes <laughs> over, over a child <laughs> oh yes or Krampus <laughs> BDSM <laughs> Christmas uh, the other bit of news that I have came from two rather interesting sources uh, Garden and Gun and Vogue both covered Sarah Paulson this week as one does so she is returning to Broadway in a play called Appropriate it's going to premiere on December 18th it's by Jacobs Jenkins It tells the story of a family in Lafayette, Arkansas, rectifying the specters and ghosts of rot and complexities within a Southern family and what happens whenever light is shined onto an incident and whenever you repress things. So it's like dealing with skeletons in the closet, apparently. It sounds very much what you'd expect Sarah Paulson to be in if she was going to be on Broadway. It sounds very much akin to Tennessee Williams in that she would be in this in Broadway. Is it a new play? Mm, I think it's 2013. Oh, so it's still, it's still relatively in the modern... Yeah. yeah, it's still relatively modern. Um, in both of the interviews, she credits Holland Taylor. She had great photo spreads for both of them. Yeah. Like, stunning. But here's the thing that I want to talk to you about. It was so interesting to see two magazines covering like the premiere of someone on Broadway. I haven't seen this in a while, like since pre-COVID. No, you know, it usually has to be someone big, doesn't it? Like, right. It'd be like, I mean, back in the day, oh God, I can't believe I have to say that, but like, yeah. uh, Dame Angie going back onto, Miss Lansbury going back on the West, uh, the Broadway would be something. Yeah, like it has this bit of a retro vibe. So I'm wondering and I'm curious, like we're going to have to watch over the next year if this becomes a medium of helping to promote shows because this was the first that I'd heard about yeah. the show. Like there hasn't been a press junket quote. Quote. I'd love to see a play. I've never seen a play on Broadway. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, because usually you kind of go for the event, don't you? Yeah, or you go for a musical, but I've never seen a play. So maybe we should look into this since we're close-ish. Well, talking of musicals, uh, yes. the Belesca musical uh, with songs <laughs> by Christina Aguilera and more is set for 2024 world premiere in England. Oh. we See, we do like... Our theatre tickets are cheaper, mm-hmm. yet... We like the safety of what we know. Whereas mm. you guys are very expensive, but... More avant-garde. Avant-garde, which is odd. You'd think yeah. it'd be the other way around. Yeah. But anyway, they're doing it in Manchester. I think Manchester's where Ghost and Musical started out. A lot of them. It's quite mm. big. They've got... Interesting that they're starting in Manchester and not in London. So they do an out-of-town. They, we mm. actually also do the out-of-towns a little bit. So like bit. we do Boston and D.C. Yeah. Like, okay. But we tend to do... Man- they do it in Manchester for a short run. Because mm. it, um, I think as well, it's just cheaper to do and it gets the kinks... Literally, out. Yeah. yeah, so to speak. Um, so that's going to be interesting because there are obviously um, two one foods going on at the moment as well. Mm-hmm. So I'll be interested to see what they do with this. Burlesque is a film. Um, burlesque is camp. camp. <laughs> but, burlesque could actually. I my only vibe with burlesque is that I don't think it goes camp enough. I feel like they were still trying to. I think were they to yeah. remake it, they would potentially go more, but. Um, I you know bigger is better. It's just again one of these nightclubs that you don't really know how it makes a profit because the production value alone and the amount of staff they have is ridiculous. So I have a question: Do you think it is going to go more cabaret or Priscilla? 
I don't. I think or probably. I think possibly both because Priscilla's yeah. a hard one. I, I have a, that show doesn't doesn't work. It works right. for it works for um, a bachelorette party, but whereas Cabaret, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, actually, it's yeah. a very good bachelorette. Yeah. And it's yeah. now so snobby, but no, I'm curious to see where they're going to go with burlesque because mm-hmm. I I think it's known, but. Um, <laughs> And no one really and I just don't think it's got that core and response. Not really. Whereas like I know like if Mean Girls is that they're doing like that has got such it's in the lexicon. Mm-hmm. But I don't I mean burlesque I think they're gonna have to they're gonna have to pretty much strip it back and start again. Which is interesting using that term, but burlesque is much more of you're watching the spectacle. Yeah. Because it is like a burlesque show. And again, like you said, it doesn't really have that, I don't want to say audience participation, but it doesn't really have that moment of like the audience can come into it. Like, yeah, it's very much separated. I'm curious. I'm very curious. We'll see. Now, this is something I was not sure about talking about. We have a lot of news this week. It seems to blow up after the last couple of weeks. But Mm -hmm. uh, this headline really struck me. (laughs) Did the Scream franchise just fall apart? I mean, I think the jury is out, but I think it's leaning towards possible. So do you know what the story is behind this? I do know the story behind this. we are not going to go too much into the nature of this because it is the subject we vowed we would never go into because it's not our subject to talk about and no one wants to hear about it. But Melissa Barrera, I think that's how I pronounce her name, was Mm -hmm. fired from Scream 7 over support of Palestine. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Jenna Ortega then left too. So for those that don't um, see the new Scream films, they play sisters who are linked mm-hmm. to um, the original cast. And did they come in and scream five or six? Uh, five. Okay. So they've done two films already. Yeah. Um, so they are now the new central The ones, new generation. New generation. Mm-hmm. Now, there's been a lot... There's a lot of he said, she said regarding the level of, it, of what Miss Melissa has said. And mm-hmm. apparently, you know, there's... Um, I don't know enough about the situation. Yeah. Um, it does feel a little bit, and there's, there's and this is the same week that, or same period that Susan Sarandon's got fired by her agency. Mm-hmm. It is, it's hard, but it, it does sound very much like a very, a very quick move on the part of the production company. I would say almost lightning quick between the time that the tweet went out and the time of her being fired was like less than 24 hours. Yeah, and honestly, the backlash is getting quite nasty because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of accusations as to the political motivations behind doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, Jenna Ortega hasn't turned around and said why she left. Right. She hasn't, I mean, we can... It's been implied. Right. The the major story that's coming out about it is that actually Wednesday is going to double, is going to cause problems with scheduling and that's they're just going to go that way but considering how successful um scream six was with uh, again jump forward 30 seconds only one of the original stars mm-hmm. is that it it's sort of and that was courtney right yeah only yeah. courtney was in in the last one which mm-hmm. is a pity but you know and they're now apparently they're going after nev campbell again in the hope that they can bring her back into it mm-hmm. but you know nev's 
Nev's, Nev's a, a legacy character. I don't know. I feel that there's a lot going on here. Um, so I just thought it was quite an interesting story. Next news is actually quite interesting in that Marvel has dramatically rewritten the history between Nightcrawler and Mystique. Do tell me everything about this because I know nothing. <laughs> so, as you know, Mystique is a character played by Rebecca Romaine and Jennifer Lawrence. Yes. And Alan Cumming and um, What's-His-Face, um, I can't remember, the young kid played Nightcrawler. So, uh, Nightcrawler in the X-Men franchise is a character that's like a demon who can teleport. Mystique is the shapeshifter who yes. wears next to nothing. In the comics, Mystique is Nightcrawler's mother, mm. which is known. And originally, she had an affair with a German aristocrat, and they had this son. And she was obviously his son looked nothing like human. And then later on, it was found out that she actually had an affair, um, had a relationship with a demon called Azriel. Azale, mm-hmm. who is in X-Men First Class, mm-hmm. um, and that's how Nightcrawler has his teleportation powers. Mystique is canonically uh, bisexual, mm-hmm. has uh, had a relationship with the female supervillain super known as Destiny uh, for some years. It has been now finally emerged that Destiny and Mystique were in a relationship, and Mystique is not actually Nightcrawler's mother, but Nightcrawler's father oh and that she altered herself to be male so her and destiny could conceive a child have a baby have a baby oh that's a lot of twists and turns on that one (laughs) i did not see any of that coming yeah i am no i I knew like how how do you feel about this (laughs) it's very interesting i'm a little bit like more my aspect of it is actually is that i didn't realize that mistake I always believed that Mystique's powers were limited to physical, not to on a genetic level. Uh, but I do think it's a very interesting twist. And I think that one of the things that you know X-Men has always kind of explored is the is is some of these characters do cross gender mm-hmm. and even though you don't think about it, you do like have a character you know, you have characters that obviously mm-hmm. can be can operate in both genders. So it's very interesting. Um, I just thought it was quite a a neat little twist they did. I'm just going to quickly shoot through some entertainment news. Right. I was quite excited to see that uh, Netflix is doing a TV series of One Day. Um, the one that it was um, Anne Hathaway. Um, it's, oh, yes, that one. Yes. Yeah, so it's uh, a book and a film and Jimmy... Jim Sturgis. Jim Sturgis, who I do. I saw yeah. on the streets. It's very cute. And it follows um, a couple on the... You... They, you, you you, you meet them on the same day every year and it mm-hmm. blows the course of their lives and how they intersect with each other. Very excited like that one. The film was actually pretty good, but Anne Halfway decided to go with the lead, uh, Norman accent, which the character has in the book. And unfortunately, it's not the easiest accent to do and she struggled slightly. Well, and I think it kind of killed the film a little bit. The film wasn't bad. But it's Anne Halfway. Halfway. <laughs> and finally, this one was really interesting. Um, Michelle Williams is going to be in a new FX series called Dying for Sex, uh, which is based on their podcast. I was going to say, this is based but, on the podcast. Yeah, podcast. And the podcast is excellent. You should definitely try it. Um, it's a true story of a woman who found out she was terminally of cancer, divorced her husband, and decided to live her life to the fullest. Yay. And um, the podcast itself is done with... Um, it was the best friend Nikki Boyer who's an actress who then took on this podcast and she's got some amazing podcasts as well so definitely excited to see that come in mm-hmm. I will definitely be front row or on the couch at least for when that comes you'll be there I'll be there supporting 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 all the way 
Right, well that's the news, but Daniel, what's been culture for you this week? So, culture for me this week, my food of the week, tater tots with paprika. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. I had to spend a day on a golf course and froze. It warmed me up on the inside. My drinks of the week, Russian tea, which we're having tonight, but also a cracked black pepper martini that I made this week. I do like black pepper vodka, actually. It tastes wonderful. My songs of the week were What It Is, Block Boy by Dochi. Uh, we actually heard that about four different times while we were out over Thanksgiving, and I listened to it finally this week. Pretty good. Uh, my Christmas song would be Santa Baby by Eartha Kitt. Nice. You have to do that. And then Mr. Brightside, for obvious reasons that will come into play later. Yes. <laughs> my album of the week, I'm going to rate this one, Cher's album Christmas. I've not listened to it yet. I'm going to give it a B minus C plus because I feel like she was phoning it in on the Michael Blue Bay number for sure. Whenever you have someone guest on your album and they sing their song, but you take one line from one of the verses and you sing that instead, it feels a little bit like you have phoned it in. Oh, so she, he is more him than her. Yes. And here, don't get me wrong, her original songs, I like them. They're catchy. Are they Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You? Yeah. No. But, you know, it feels like she's phoning it in, and she did it on a couple of them. A TV show this week, Gilded Age, Episode 5, I Bawled My Eyes Out the Last Five Minutes. Yeah, we still got to play catch-up on that. Loved it, loved it, loved it. And Magazine of the Week, Garden and Gun, because I just didn't feel like reading anything too in-depth. Well, aren't you clever? I know. How about you? <laughs> so, um, my food this week, our neighbor Meredith brought over some West Virginia pepperoni rolls. Ooh. Yes, very nice, with cheese, jalapenos, and bell peppers in them. Ooh. So, apparently, they were, like, made for the miners. You know, very condensed, hearty, little wrapped cheese rolls. But I, but I like the peppers being in them. Yes, it was nice. They are really yeah. tasty. Thank you, Meredith. Music, oddly enough, was Ella Henderson's Ghost, which is an old song. I love that song so much. She was on Alan Carr's podcast. And I was like, I, they kept saying, oh, Ghost. I'm like, I know this song, but I couldn't. In my, and I played it, I was like, straight away, I remember the song. That was one of my breakup songs for one of the exes. It like, was yeah. huge in, was it 2014? I think it's almost 10 years old now. Yeah. Yeah, that's about right, because it was a grad school breakup, yeah. Um, so, uh, quickly, podcasts. Uh, I binged one today that's called uh, 28 Dates Later, and the comedian Grace Campbell goes on 28 dates within two months. And she oh. records them, and then her and either she's got a gay friend and then a straight friend, uh-huh. and they each week take turns, and they sit and listen to the recording of the podcast and make comments on it. So, question. Same person that she's going on these 28 dates or different person? Different people. And okay. the idea is they're meant to be people that she would not normally... Go out with. Okay. And eight episodes in, she has not found anyone yet. And so, are the guests aware of the concept? Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah, so they go. They they mic'd up, and then they, mm-hmm. they they have bits of their conversation, and then it cuts back to them in the studio, just mm-hmm. kind of pissing themselves, laughing. Yeah. Usually, a bunch of twatty guys. But um, I'm gonna have to give that one a listen. It's good. It's only like 20 minutes each an episode as well. Oh, that's yeah. not bad. Not but not it feels bad. like quite full, so I'm quite happy yeah, with that. Yeah. Uh, films uh, a couple weeks back I went to see Saltburn mm-hmm. really did like it's actually been interesting reading some stuff about it in the press because of the fact Emerald Fenner it's a, a, an Emerald Fenner film and she is about um, a guy that ends up um, a scholarship guy at Oxford ends up in being invited back to get to know his family very even though Brides have revisited yeah. it's I think it was 
it was really good. It's quite dark in places. It's funny. It's dark. But I mean, the original material is dark. Yeah, it it I just mean, get it's very twisted. But the issue, I think, the funny thing that's come up is that it's meant to be um, laughing at the upper classes, but Emerald Fenner is upper class, upper class yeah. so doesn't really quite pull the punches as, as they would normally. Yeah, but it's still. Ex- I thought it was really good. I enjoyed just sitting there, kind of getting lost in it a bit. It didn't feel too. Like walked, I thought it was gonna go very like weird culty thing, and it mm. didn't. It actually did it very well. Okay, it was very. That, that's it good was to a hear. grounded that's good bit. To hear. Film and book, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Oh, how was that? It was excellent. The book is excellent. Uh, it's the Hunger Games prequel set at the tenth annual Hunger Games, and it's about um, President Snow coming up as a mentor in the in the Hunger Games. It's the the book is excellent. The book actually is sees. It's, it's set during a time that, uh, when they're trying to work out what the Hunger Games is actually meant to be for and how mm. they can keep it going and how mm. they can make an effective deterrent for future uprisings. So I ultimately, I thought the book was really good. The, the film was excellent. It's two and a half hours long. It's a very long film. What is it with long films? <laughs> the trouble is if the book is... The, the book is in three parts. And actually... Mm. I then you and the parts for endings like go pee quickly um, but um, it's very and the Hunger Games appears in the middle part so oh, it's okay. uh, and it's actually so is it rising action point and then it's yeah and then you've got like a bit at the end so you and it, and it but for me I felt they could have mainly explored the capital a bit more I felt some of the dynamics mm. were slightly lost that's the bit of the book I found really fascinating. Mm-hmm. The actual Hunger Games itself is really well done, but um, the kind of the joke is in the book that it's very slow. That like mm-hmm. they're trying to work out how to make it more exciting. Uh-huh. So it's a, and and then the end's really good. But I thought they did a really good job. The thing I do want to talk about mm-hmm. is it was a really fucking diverse cast. Oh, very good. Like really, really well done. Um, Tigress, who is President Snow's cousin, who appears in uh, Mockingjay Part 2 as a very heavily made-up cosmetic surgery-looking tiger person, mm-hmm. was played by trans performer Hunter Schaefer. There Ooh. is no... You do see the character as a child at the start of the... In a flashback. Um, obviously, that child could still be presenting as a female, even though, born, you know, a side male at birth. Mm-hmm. But there's no reference to them being trans uh, uh, as far as I'm aware in the book I, I do believe that the character especially Mockingjay was written to be a, a side woman side women so it was interesting to see them bring in a trans actor yeah. and, and performer a lot of the actors playing the tributes had physical disabilities a lot of it um, was I think to show just the lack of you know the issues within the districts so that was kind of interesting that one so were they were the disabilities associated with like the different industries with the, yeah the but like one kid like, had like was you know didn't have an arm and there's another mm. there's a German actor I've seen him about before and he's got his eyes kind of swollen over it was mm. very interesting mm. I am going to give um Huge, huge snaps to Sofia Sanchez, who is an actress with Down syndrome, who played one of the tributes. Uh, Interesting. Very well. Um, Wovi is the. Have you seen The Hunger Games? Mm-hmm. The uh, Rue character, mm-hmm. uh, so like the innocent, the real innocent young one. Right. In the book, 
uh, there's no mention of that. It's just um, a small innocent girl that's caught in the middle of this. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they were very open in auditions if they would see anyone, and they felt that she out. They weren't actually necessarily looking for anybody, but they found her. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely, just completely stole it. We'll not even go into the last line of her, but me and the hubs were pretty much like, Aah! it was really well Balling. done. Yeah, it was. It was really well done. So, yeah, that's just definitely. Um, Definitely was an excellent film. Um, finally, going to do a little bit of a Christmas roundup. Okay. So my films so far have been Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Same here. The remake. Oh, I did the original. Did you? I like the remake. I've seen both, mm-hmm. but I do like the remake. I like Marino Hera. Yeah, I do think, and this is going to be a new thing we're going to do each week now. Daniel and I are really big on Christmas culture, mm-hmm. um, so we're going to take a moment to like go over and catch up so I should probably explain that Um, we did Single All The Way Together yes we did that's the Netflix that's Kathy Janimi it's really worth actually I only like it first time and now we do actually have grown to quite like it I'm still in the camp of like I don't necessarily have to watch it like it I think it's the dance routine, but it's also the dynamic that I'm just like... Uh. Yeah, Michael Yu is not leading man exactly and that's the problem but I do like I... There's no food in any of them, and the dog is sniffing up the advent thing on there. But she's very flexible. <laughs> um, she's not watching Matt. <laughs> so no, um, I do enjoy it, and it's and I do like is it the sister from um, the sister in it is played by Thingy from uh, Shit's Creek, Jocelyn. Jocelyn. Yeah. So and actually, it's it's it's, it's filled with some. Good side characters. Watch Noel on um, Disney. Have you heard of that one? Yes, Anna Kendrick. Kendrick. Yeah, yeah, that's always cute. Actually, the reviews for it always say it's good to have in the background while you're doing your decorations. And guess what? We had in the background while doing our decorations. Noel. Noel. <laughs> um, I watched a holiday. I watched the holiday too. We're going to be on Frank's podcast, uh, Silver Screeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be recording in a couple of days, talking about the holiday. But I would watch anyway. So I'm not actually going to say much more about it because quite frankly you're going to have to listen to Silver Screeners. I'm very proud. <laughs> My final one is Planes, Trains and Automobiles. I've never seen it before. How was it? I've never seen it. It's good. It's, it's a Thanksgiving one. He's got to get, it's two guys got to get back Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. It's very good. It's very solid for what it is. I'm, I would probably watch it again. But mm-hmm. Thanksgiving films are very interesting. Yeah, it's a weird moment for a Thanksgiving film. They tend to be a lot more serious, I've noticed, to be honest. Yeah, I will give them that, yeah. Um, in terms of television, I did Gavin and Stacey, both episodes, and Miranda. Fair. I also did National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I like that one. For some reason, to me, I'm like, you have to see it every year. Even though it's like, uh, it's corny. Uh, I like corny. <laughs> I think I watched it even last year or the year before was the first time I'd seen it. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. Now, I always get confused. There's a bit in the Christmas Eve when they're having the turkey. And I'm uh, always like, why are they having turkey Christmas Eve? I don't understand why they're having turkey Christmas Eve. Um, well, actually, I do. We would have turkey on Christmas Eve or we'd have a goose. It just depends on what my grandmother would want to have. So. And then what do you Christmas Day? Uh, ham. Ham. Ham for Christmas Day. Sorry. <laughs> I was very direct. It's ham. <laughs> well, I'm very confused, so I think now's a good time to take a break. Yes. On that, let's go refresh our glasses. And we're back. And Yay. I just threw a hot toddy in Daniel's face because, you know, he was such a sloppy bitch. Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> it's good, you know, always put 
a sticky substance in it because it clings to the skin and burns more. Right. And then whenever you rip it off, it's like a facial. Yes. <laughs> it's horrible, Dana. How did we go that route? I, you being you. Me being me. Right. So. Oh, God. Yeah, we stopped for a bit and then all my notes are lost. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Main... The main... God, catch your breath. We obviously we are recording on the first of December, we so are. we are going to be doing a bit of a discussion about Christmas because we're holly jolly. But Christmas, the activities we like doing things. But I did want to start with. Um, I wasn't sure where to put this, mm-hmm. but last Saturday I got Daniel, the hubs, and the priest to sit down and watch Doctor Who. Yes, and originally it was going to be dropped into my culture of the week, and then I kept reading up about bits. And I was like, oh my God, I have to talk about Doctor Who. So mm-hmm. for those who don't know, Doctor Who is a 1963 British TV institution about a time-travelling alien and his mm-hmm. human companions. And I said, celebrating 60th anniversary this year, very exciting. It's quite a feat. Quite a feat, yes. It had a brief hiatus in the late 80s, early 90s and was brought back by Russell T. Davis of Queer as Folk and It's a Sim fame. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason it's gone on for so long is that the Doctor has the ability to regenerate, i.e. when he's killed, he comes back as a different person. A.K.A. new casting. <laughs> which was invented. It, was, it wasn't in there. It was invented purely because they needed to get actually like uh, William Hartnell out and they were like oh, what do we do let's regenerate him so that's allowed it to kind of keep literally regenerating but it's also mm-hmm. brought in the aspect that uh, the 13th 9th 10th 11th 12th 13th Doctor was a woman mm-hmm. uh, not the best couple of years of the show but that's only not because of Jodie but because uh, they just tried to do something different with it that didn't quite work Threading. so for the 60th uh, they brought back Russell T Davis, who was originally part of the reboot the relaunch and and for a couple of episodes they brought back David Tennant who was his major doctor mm-hmm. and also um, Catherine Tate who was the major assistant the Doctor Donna Dynamic Donna so three episodes are for the 60th going to be um, just there to celebrate and revisit. It's a bit of a transition, so to speak. It is. A bit it's of, a bridge. I think a bit of a palate cleanse, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I think they wanted to have some fun. And then uh, they've got a new actor coming in whose name I can never pronounce. I think yeah. it's Nakuti. Uh, he's in, well, he's in, it was in the Barbie movie, but Sex Education. Mm-hmm. And he's coming in as the first Doctor of Colour, which mm-hmm. is very, 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 very exciting. And I think it's going to be really amazing. And it has a very 60s, 70s feel with like his outfit that's been released. Yes. So this is going to be so great. So I got everyone to sit down Saturday. The first of the specials was coming out. Mm-hmm. The big thing about this also was the fact Disney Plus. So Disney money. Disney money. That's the that's been the headlines of all of it. Disney money. <laughs> and yeah, because I, I for up to this point, I've had to watch it either after the season's ended on HBO Max or on BBC America, and that is the most worst station of all time because it has adverts, and Doctor Who does not have adverts. So, got this intrepid trio to sit with me and watch it, uh, mainly under the guise of, it's a reboot, um, let's let's see how it goes. Let's see what happens. And I was going to just talk about it a little bit. Oh my God. Oh, it was dying. It was something. It, was, it took turns I didn't know it was going to take. And the major thing had been, when the Doctor had left Donna, she had absorbed all the memories of the Time Lords mm-hmm. to help him out of a situation. However, her being human, it meant that it overloaded her, so they erased her memory, she could not remember the Doctor, 
and essentially went off on her life and we pick up 15 years later and she's obviously happy but slightly sad that her life is could be bigger because she felt like there is something missing because there was <laughs> and has now a daughter and the daughter is played by the amazing Yasmin Freely and it was written into it that is a trans individual mm-hmm. and I knew that there was I, I kind of knew they were going to bring it into it it's Russell T Davis. he's always been a champion of um LGBT representation, mm-hmm. uh, especially in like this present incarnation of it. You had Captain Jack, who was pansexual, um, and they've always been quite open with you know same-sex relationships. Right. This took it to a new level. Yes, it did. So again, if you don't really want to know much about it, or you just bother me talking about Doctor Who, you know, skip ahead five minutes. Yeah. But in order, they had to activate Donna's memories to save the day, mm-hmm. and. Actually, it turns out that Donna could withhold this a bit more because she had had a child, which meant obviously some of it being absorbed. Mm-hmm. But said child, being trans and living in two lives, was able to handle it better. One might say non-binary. No, non-binary, and thus by living the trans experience, was a better equipped to absorb this information and this this power. Which I'll be honest, Stephanie gagged and gooped. Yeah, well, I, it took a twist. No, 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 no one saw it coming, but it was a brilliant twist. It was. It was brilliant. You know. It was. It was cleverly written in, mm-hmm. and I just, I, I could honestly not believe how he, he's always been, and and, and the thing with Russell T Davis is he's never afraid to scream from the rooftops mm-hmm. if he's really passionate about something, which I admire for him. Mm-hmm. But this was seamless. This was really like so beautifully seamless. Well, the thing is, like, you had flashbacks to the original episode, and it was just like, oh, you couldn't have set that up better had you tried to yeah. do that. Because I don't think we knew we were where we were going to be 15 years later, but it was like, that was perfect. I, I would have kind of accepted the fact that there's now a child, and the child absorbs stuff, and it mm-hmm. gets spread, but the mm-hmm. fact that the, the body, not in anything, any way, was better just purely because of the mental understanding that it went through... Um, it, it was just I thought excellently done I'm really, I'm really excited now I'm not they've they've not kind of the Doctor's always been fairly asexual as a character he has a wife played by Alex Kingston mm-hmm. or they have a wife I should say River River and but that the level of that relationship has always been a little bit like you're never quite sure it's a little bit questionable <laughs> and there was hints that in Jodie's seasons um, her and her companion they began who was a woman there was a there was a sort of an attraction there to mm. that mm. but yes but it's that was never really played on or it was played on but mm, not to that yeah. level yeah yeah and the only other real thing has been that the doctor has a a granddaughter in mm-hmm. the first very back in the 60s susan and he, mm-hmm. he has said he's had a family and all that mm-hmm. before the time war so it's just very interesting that they really did you know they they kind of went there with this concept mm-hmm. I, I'm very excited for this season I also want to point out there was a character in a wheelchair that had weaponry in it she was brilliant and just generally they've now also by bringing in the Disney Plus money they've upgraded the TARDIS interior and it's got ramps not stairs and apparently that was another ramps. conscious one Yeah. so very inclusive if you've heard of Doctor Who and uh, now is a good time to start I don't think they're bringing the classic episodes on. I think that Disney have only got access to them from this point on. Mm. 
BritBox has, I think, the majority of the classic episodes. Yes. So somewhere erased. Yeah. And, and then I think that most of the modern era is available on, I believe, HBO has the modern era. I also feel like I've seen them on BBC Select. Yes, they're, they're, they're kind of scattered. Yeah, as I said, they're here and there. Like, you, you have to do a little bit of searching if you want to watch them. But definitely, you know, definitely if you want to try it out. What was nice is I did, I had a couple of people that I know commented and said, well, I would, I liked it till the last 10 minutes and it got woke. And I'm like, words were had. But I've also <laughs> got, I've got a workmate whose child is trans and they said mm-hmm. they really enjoyed watching it as a family. Mm-hmm. So I really think of that's and that's the comment that I, I only give a shit about. Yeah. That's but, the only one that matters. But as a sci-fi fan, just the idea of this culture now is... It just felt like so cultural. And I was just mm-hmm. like, okay, we well, can put it part of my culture, but I just want to give it a bit more of a shout-out. But that's not the reason for the season. No. That's... Jesus. No. That's the meat. <laughs> the meat played by Miriam Margolis. Wonderful. Wonderful. Brilliant. Uh-huh. Daniel. Yes. Are you excited for Christmas? I am always excited for Christmas. Have you always been excited for Christmas? Yeah, it's always sort of been my time of year. It's something special. Like, I just... I don't know. I fell out of love with it a little bit in my teenage years. It was that sort of... Uh, mm. You know, when you're, you're still like the kid in the family, but you're not a kid, and you're sort of forced to regress to being a child, and... Yeah. I never had that experience with Christmas. I felt like they were that way with Easter, so... Oh, I love Easter. Anyway, not, yeah, no, yeah. not talking about Easter. God, no. don't get me excited there. No, no. So, do you feel the need mm-hmm. to get Christmas right? I don't know that I feel the need to get Christmas right, but I feel the need to add to the Christmas spirit however I can. Yes. And to make it as magical and as wonderful as I possibly can for my family, whomever that is, that I surround myself with. Like, that's how I feel about Christmas. So I want to make it special. So for me, like, as you know, everyone gets a card, you know. Yes. There we go. That's one of my little routines. There are certain things that I do to put myself in the Christmas spirit, but there are certain things I want to experience with other people to have a shared experience, so to speak. So what do you need to do? So, Because, I mean, we're both proponents of cards. Mm-hmm. I mean, my one now gets out of hand in terms of design work. Right. But it's very rare to get cards now. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, a couple of years ago, I think the e-card mm-hmm. killed it. Oh, totally did. Because people started doing e-cards and then realised... Because you could do it within like five minutes. And then kind of realised that actually not having cards up didn't affect it to stop doing e-cards as well. Yeah. To me, I like cards because typically I'll buy a card that is blank on the inside, so I have to write a personal message. And yes. it's like, you know, a friend, something. A family friend of the hubs, my mother-in-law's actual best mate, um, when we first got together said that she liked Christmas cards with the family photos on it because she could watch the families over the period of time. And that was a really nice thing. So that's kind mm-hmm. of... We did ours, our cards, especially once for, to communicate with people. Mm-hmm. But also the Hubs' brothers are Republicans and would mm-hmm. send these like, really like, you know, Americana, like, mm-hmm. this is the family at Christmas. So we'd right. taken a piss out of it with like... This is our family at Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> so they got more and more ridiculous as the years have gone on. But no, that's how we, we've done it. What else do you need to do? What can you not do? What do you mean? What can I do? Like? What What can you? What do you have to do? If you don't do it, it's like it just ruins Christmas. Um. So for me, it's also going and experiencing a Christmas market. No matter how you know bad yeah. or wonderful it is, like it's something about like seeing all the people being in the crisp air, 
smelling like chestnuts on the cider and like doing the little shops and stuff like it just helps to put me in the spirit and like especially if there's like caroling going on yeah i, I don't know it's just like oh it's this time of year because you don't have that any other time of the year no uh so the priest and i went uh the weekend before thanksgiving to the christmas market wonderful i also have to do something with music and by that i mean we're either going to something at the cathedral, the Kennedy Center, like it needs to be like a choral Christmas. Like I want to hear the Christmas music. Yeah, we did that at Hall in England. Yeah, lovely. It just it's something that you know puts me in the mood um, for Christmas. Um, other than that, it's sort of up in the air. Like, don't get me wrong, I love a nice slow dinner with someone like during this time of year of like, oh, just having a nice pause. Like, what we'll probably do for solstice. Like, yeah, I like that. I mean, I love giving gifts. Don't get me wrong. I love doing that. But, like, I wrapped it up, like, this week. And, like, they're purchased. Like, I don't want to have that hanging over. Yeah. That's one of those, like, it feels like it could cause anxiety. So I'm like, uh, I, think I do it, rarely go Christmas shopping anymore. Yeah. I, I've, I've got I've got all plans out. I think I'll hit Amazon up probably mm-hmm. either this weekend or, like, Monday at the latest and do a big yeah. bulk order. But I, I used to, like... Didn't I used to quite like Christmas shopping um, when I was a kid? It mm. used to be quite fun to go in and everything was all like nice and lit up and mm-hmm. the Santas. But we don't really uh, like we got. Pe- I, I don't know what I. I know I've been to Tyson's around this time, and the Pentagon mm-hmm. City doesn't really. I don't know. So growing up, like it was always a big thing for us to go Christmas shopping the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I would go with my friend Sonny or my friend Zach, and we would typically get all of our Christmas shopping done that day. And it was one of those, like, sales were great during that time. Yeah. And then as we've gotten older, it's, like, less of a thing. Like, the deals have been cut less. And so, like, to me, that's something that I liked, but I don't have to do it anymore. Yeah. It doesn't put me in the spirit. Yeah, so I speak. think in England, I, I think... I mean, I don't know what it'd be like if you lived somewhere like New York or London where mm-hmm. you do have that sort of, especially, like, you may, like, get off at, like, Kensington and have a wander about, even though, mm-hmm. you know, just have a look at some of the windows. Yeah. But we definitely don't in D.C. have that. No. It's very sterile in that sense. I will say, I do like that in New York, is that you do have that window display. Yeah, we don't have window and display we culture we don't here. have that at all here, which I miss. Yeah. Like, whenever I go up to New York, that's the one thing that I'm like, I like happiness. This is quite a bland city in that sense. It yeah. does a little bit. It does, like, you know, the, it'll, it'll put the roofs on the lights. Mm-hmm. Georgetown especially looks beautiful. Maybe Georgetown, but Georgetown's just full of students. It's, it's very busy. Yeah. And, and the, the pavements are crowded. And I, I like going around the back streets and having a look around and, and seeing. But we definitely don't. D- DC doesn't do Christmas well. Well, DC is really interesting in that we'll do the big lead up to Christmas. Like, we'll have the National Christmas Tree Lighting, and then we'll have the Capitol Hill Christmas Tree Lighting. And we'll have the Christmas Parade. But by December 20th, it's done. The town is cleared out for Christmas. Yeah. Everyone has gone home, and Christmas is over here in DC, so to speak. Like, it's just the private parties, which I don't mind, but it's like, yeah. I have never seen a city shut down. Like, as hard as DC does at Christmas. Yeah, it definitely... I'm actually... I mean, the, the, oddly enough, I don't want to skip it because I adore Christmas, but I'm hoping actually we're meant to get some snow and I think we yeah. could do with some snow. We could do with a blizzard. A blow, I think... And, and it sounds weird. I know there's places Buffalo already got like... Um, they've already been hit. Uh-huh. But 
you know, we DC needs a snow day. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, it, this needs to kind of that sort of calm. Yeah. It is cleansing. Yeah, it is odd. I mean, I said I Christmas for me changed drastically moving out here. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, we go usually go and see a show like between Christmas and New Year. Mm-hmm. I see what's on, but I don't know what is actually on. We're going to go and see yeah. Kiki and Herb next week, which we're, mm-hmm. I'm, that's going to be kind of my Christmas show. Right. Um, I'm excited about that. But no, I think that for me, I, I fell out of love with Christmas. I think because we had this opportunity to start again and I took control over Christmas. And I think there's a trouble a lot, especially uh, when you're still living at home or you're in close vicinity of home, mm-hmm. is that you, you still don't get your Christmas. Christmas isn't yours. So for me, it was a big kick to be an adult and say, well, one... Mm-hmm. You know, we had COVID really changed things. I think for a lot of people, it, it, mm-hmm. it opened up the Christmas season a bit more, a holiday season. And I feel that with Thanksgiving now launching it, mm-hmm. that we have just this period of time where it it, it it sort of made it okay to say, okay, we're just going to be festive. Mm-hmm. What's the what's the worst thing that could happen? I mean, yeah, granted, you don't want to sit there and indulge for six weeks. And you know, this week already we've been out a couple of times, and I'm like, this is not going to be this. For this. You know, like, <laughs> this is not sustainable. Sustainable, but it is nice to sort of take a deep breath and relax and. We have an event coming up at work in a couple of weeks, and then once that's done, that sort mm-hmm. of that's it. You know, it winds yeah. down, and people start to. We don't have Christmas and year between Christmas and New Year off, but I'll take a couple of days, and then the other days will be spent. You know, oh, I'm taking them off. <laughs> I'm tempted. I, I I'm still a little tempted, but I I think I'm just going to you know work from home and do some like hardy drive stuff. But yeah. no, but no, Christmas for me this year has been really about like we've been working hard to get everything done. I really want it after this weekend. I mean, I am enjoying it, but to mm. sit down. I think is my thing is is taking pleasure in the switching off. Mm-hmm. I think there's... In the pause. In the pause. Uh, I do think there's a lot of... Pre- there's sort of that idea of all this work for nothing. And actually, it is a lot of work for mm-hmm. nothing because you you got to enjoy the work. Yes. You've got to let the process be part of the joy. Part of joy. And I think that's like so sitting there, like Wednesday, while Hubs was out, was put together these like little boxes that looked like you know, a village for his advent mm-hmm. calendar. Sitting there and having a glass of wine, putting something on the TV, mm-hmm. enjoying it. And I think this is where I learn, is, is taking pleasure in actually doing something slightly frivolous. Yeah. I, that doesn't really have a point. You know, the, the most we're going to get out of it in terms of long-term sustainability is I'll learn some cooking skills and we've got content for the podcast but we're not looking you know it's enjoying saying that yes come January 5th is over mm-hmm. or you know let me look forward to the next national holiday which is the Super Bowl um, yeah. yeah but it is sort of that that taking that moment and actually sitting there and enjoying and I think that that's as we're going to go through the next couple of weeks you know we're going to have a shit ton to talk about yeah and I, I'm going to say this I'm very looking forward to what we have planned like around Christmas Eve Christmas Day and Boxing Day this year because you know we're adding one more to the party yes and Christmas Day yeah because I've got all the cooking and mm-hmm. just taking pleasure and I said having, and also just put some TV on like we're doing yeah. like the movies I went around and I might put the list up mm-hmm. on the, on Twitter or Beardy Bitch Pod uh, of, I, I make a list of where you can find all the films and just going through because I don't you can't watch The Grinch in, in February no you have to watch The Grinch between Thanksgiving and Christmas Christmas you know you can just about 
I think like Muppets Christmas Carol has become a weird like Boxing Day one we started mm, to watch. Yeah. But after that, it just gets really sad. <laughs> right. And I mean, for me, like a film that I know I'm going to have to like squeeze in is White Christmas. I typically always watch that Christmas Eve. Plans have changed, so I've got to find another time to watch it this year. You could Christmas Eve morning, get up in bed and sit and watch I, it. I could, but it's typically one that we all turn it on, like my family, at like 7pm and we watch it. Yeah, I so, get that one. So. Usually I do love actually around Christmas Eve, mm, I but then I started actually. to kind of fall asleep because I was so tired, so I, and then you it's don't get another chance yeah. to watch it. Yeah. So The Grinch is a good one for Christmas Eve. It's a very good one. The cartoon is the one I do. I like the Jim Carrey actually I like that one but the cartoon's like 30 minutes I can do that so <laughs> and the, not fall asleep the holiday which we're discussing on Silver Screeners uh, is one that I love because actually it's a holiday one but it's not Christmassy no they mention they don't do Christmas pasta in it as a joke Christmassy fettuccine yeah which I have a joke about yeah. that. but it's actually you can do that up to New Year's yeah but I love it and we'll go into it but that's the one that you can kind of space out there's a little bit of a yeah you can space out and then I think after Christmas you can just about get with like, I feel like you know the real important ones and probably I'll fill Christmas New Year up with the Netflix ones the mm. Princess Switches the, all that yeah I, I feel like that's acceptable that's fine Well, autumn of Christmas has got me cold. I think it's time to shut the front door. So, this is the portion where we discuss the stories that have left us gagged and gooped. My dear, it's you. <laughs> it has been recorded, it came to news this week, of the world's longest hangover at four weeks. Four weeks? Yes, an individual not named. After a breakup, drank 60 pints of beer over a couple of days. It would actually take him six months before a lingering headache and blurry vision ended. 60 pints? Yeah, he couldn't work out. He was ill for four weeks and he was having issues. And they they, they CAT scanned him and everything. And he worked out. He just had the vicious hangover. Oh my God. That is the stuff of my nightmares. <laughs> my God. God. That's a lot. I just, for me, can't even work out how you could drink that much. Like in terms no, of where where does it go? Yeah, like that that is, that is a lot. All right, so on that, it's time for our word of the week. Yes, which so, is not was it self control? <laughs> self control. This guy did not have self control. Uh, the word is apricity. It is the warmth of winter sun. That's a lovely name. Yeah, I thought that was appropriate for this time of year. How do you use it in a sentence? Would you say the apricity of the sun? I think so. I was walking and I experienced the apricity while in the forest or something like that. Nice. Yeah. Well, my petticoat lane is basically arseholes in bars. Uh, yeah. After seeing um, the Hunger Games, we were in Ice Company and there was just a group, they were just horrible, loud. And this girl kept bumping into me. And I'm oh. like, are you drunk or just rude? And I think both. But this whole group was just... Bad combination. This, I was like, how do these arseholes meet each other? You know, like, and it, this was a, a really... They're drawing like moths to a flame. <laughs> they just seemed like they were just all really loud. Mm. Like, way louder than the rest of the bar was. Yeah. They all kept banging on the table and stuff. And they had no clear <sighs> sort of... And they were all mixed ages as well. It was really mixed. Age. There was a gay, straight. There was... It was just like... Just like the... Uh, Utter worst, the worst. I hate table bankers. Yeah. I really do. Like, there's something very annoying. Could about not that. work out how they found each other. So let's just not be ourselves in bars this Christmas. Yeah. And if, with that, do you think we've covered everything? 
My dear, we have barely set the agenda. Cheers. Cheers. You've been listening to Bitches With Beards. I've been Max. And I'm Daniel. A big thanks to you all for tuning in and giving us a listen. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Please remember that only a mother could love our views and opinions. They reflect us and no one else. All music and clips are used under fair use. We'll see you next week, unless we're cancelled. Cheers. Cheers.